Welcome to Just Hair Me Out, a podcast about love, life, and hair. I'm Barbara. I've spent over 38,000 hours coloring hair. Hi, I'm Demetra, and I've spent over 1,000 weeks with scissors in my hands. With 50 clients a week in our chairs and 22 years on our feet, doing hair is not our hobby, it's our hustle. We've navigated salon politics and then opened salon suites of our own in 2020. We choose dogs over kids, skinny marks over beer, and we've only fired three clients. Each. Each. Welcome back to Just Hear Me Out podcast. Um, Today we're going to talk a little bit about how Barbara and I met and kind of how we got into the industry and, you know, got started. I grew up in the city of Chicago, inner city, and went to junior college. I was going for accounting. And then about two years in, I decided I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to get into doing hair, which I knew nothing about. Went to beauty school. And then I started at like a little rinky dink salon and um, just for a few months. And then I decided I wanted to work, you know, somewhere where there was an apprenticeship program. And I started off um, on the North Shore in Glencoe. And I was there for about 13 years. Then I went to other salon in Winneka. And then I opened up my own salon for about two years and then COVID hit. And then that's what brought me to the suites. And that's basically where I have met Barbara. And because I specialized in just haircutting, I wanted to pair up with someone who also um, was a master colorist. And that's how I met Barbara. And we basically ended up there within like a week apart at the lofts, literally right next door to each other. And that's how we met. Which never happens. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like people, People don't start the same time. No. So we were new together and it was awesome. And Mm -hmm. it's been fun ever since. It's been great. Friendship was formed. Yes. (laughs) My half sister. Yeah, not just a working relationship, right? Right. So I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and went to college and studied psychology. And then I uh, worked for just a year and decided to go to hair school. And this is like early 2000s. And uh, I worked for the same salon for 11, 12 years. And uh, it was in uh, downtown Chicago in the Gold Coast. And also they had a location in Evanston, which is North Shore. So I've been on, you know, doing both for a while, and then ended up in Evanston only, and um, moved to one other salon in Kenilworth, and then um, off to the have a salon suite on my own, because of COVID. So damn COVID. (laughs) That's a whole (laughs) other uh, topic conversation, right? Yeah. I I'd never uh, thought I would do a salon suite. I've heard about them. I feel like they've been more and more popular over the last 10, 15 years. Um, but COVID made it seem like it was never going to end and really changed the dynamic of how we could do our job. It re- You know what? It really did. Honestly, it was almost kind of like meant to happen in a way. I felt like for me, now looking back, um, people were really nervous about getting their hair done or coming in or not even just necessarily they didn't want to be around anyone else so like the previous salons that we worked at we would have assistants so people would shampoo you you had a front desk person then there was other clients in there so it was very scary during 
like COVID, even though we were open and operating to have clients come in. So moving to a suite really made sense because you were also able to market yourself as an this is a, it is a private suite. You're literally just in the room with me. And at that time, people were literally paying attention to who they were with, right? So if they know, hey, look, I was only around Demetra and that was it, then you know, okay, if she had COVID, I caught it from her. I don't know why anyone even really cared about if they caught it, right? Or who they got it from. Maybe it was that whole tracing thing or maybe just to make other people aware, right? Yeah. Um, but the suites were really good. I would say in that respect, it really helped because I felt like people were wanting to come up a little more. Yeah. Well, and they, yeah. I feel like the general consensus was be around less people, period. So if you have just two of you in a room, both wearing N95s, it's not, doesn't seem like such a risk to do something right. you Opposed really to want to do. Right. Going to a big salon and there's several other people there and you're running into other clients. and Exactly. So I don't know about you, Demetra, but when I went to beauty school, first of all, people, beauty school was actually really easy. Um, it's shockingly easy to get your license. Um, so I had no idea that you were uh, kind of expected to kind of pick color or cut at some point, and especially if you wanted to work at a higher end salon. And um, and I actually really liked that because I think. Um, of the hairstylists, I know a lot of us either prefer or are um, better geared toward one or the other. I I totally agree. I don't, I mean, look, I'm not saying there's not people out there that are really good at both. You know, you're talented, you're talented, but I truly believe it's just like a specialist. Like, hey, I'm going to a foot specialist. He's going to know more than just my internist, right? You go to specialist for a reason. And that's pretty much how that worked. You know, when you had to go the same thing for me, you know, doing the apprenticeship, I had to choose as well. And that was part of me wanting to go to like a higher end salon because I really wanted to get really good at something, you know, not have to focus on both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think an apprenticeship program is kind of like graduate school for hair. So like when you get your license, listeners, you can go work anywhere, or you can be an apprentice. And you're kind of like a slave for I would say at least a year. Sometimes they're more um, where you work part of the time as you know, kind of the grunt at the salon. And then the other time that you're there for me, it was like four days um, being kind of the help. And then one day of class time, where you had to bring in models and um, the senior colorist in my situation would be um, teaching me or critiquing my work on models. Um, so it takes a long time to get to the point where you're, as we say, on the floor, meaning you have a, a chair of your own and you're charging customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same for me. I was actually doing, it was five days a week, basically helping out. And then after work, like, you know, starting at 5 p.m., um, one day a week, I'd have to bring a model in and it would be like, okay, this is, you know, they would treat it like a real hair, you know, real client, like the person would come and say, hey, this is what I want. Then you would have to figure out between the consultation and how to do it. And then once in a blue moon, they would focus on, okay, we're going to teach you how to do blunt cutting, or we're going to teach you how to do a bob, we're, you know, and then you need a specific um, it's okay. models for that. But what I liked about um, the woman that was my mentor and that was helping me and teaching me, I love that she really 
it wasn't like, okay, you're going to learn this haircut, right? Because necessarily learning a haircut, you can't do that on just everybody, right? So I loved how I was like, okay, get a model, have them come in. And whatever that model wanted, even if they changed their mind last minute and said, hey, I want, you know, three inches cut off and I want X, Y, and Z, I would have to treat them like a real customer, which I liked better because that's how the real world is. Someone's going to come to your chair. And that's how you're going to learn, you know, how to cut hair. So they're learning. I'm learning just a bob today. You know, you can't really just put a bob on everybody. So it was kind of, it was really nice, actually. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, people. When you are an apprentice, there is such a thing as hazing, much like I would imagine I, I was never in a sorority, but the Greek system, it is like deep and real. And the older you are, the more hazing you got, which might be little now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. A lot of us would like go out back and cry once a day. Oh, <laughs> once a day. That's once an understatement. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, man. I, I, I cry. I, I probably did cry every day for like the first six months. I yeah. was always on the way to my car. I was, <laughs> I don't know why I would have like my big bag because at the time it's like I didn't even have like, you don't have a locker, you don't have anything. So you had to literally also lug all your stuff every single day. It's like, yeah, okay, I look like a bag lady that's crying. <laughs> that's not good. Like, well, I don't know about your salon, but we, you know, we had to have our own supplies, like your own blow dryer, your own brushes and all the different sizes of brushes and take them in and out every day. Because every day. part of your job is to wash and blow dry people. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you have, I, I mean, everything, curling irons, flat irons, everything. Yeah. You had to have it all. Yes. Nothing was provided. Yeah. So one thing I think that the regular person probably doesn't know is that some salons have shampoo assistants and others have apprentices. So if you're having your hair shampooed by a different person than who's cutting your hair, they could be a person who, um, their, their job is really to take care of the, the back end of the salon and to wash people's hair and that's it. And other salons have apprentice programs where every single person who is shampooing and blow drying is already licensed to be a hairstylist in that state. And can we talk real quick about uh, final exams? Uh, the end of your apprenticeship. Yes. Did you have a final exam? I don't even know this about you. Yes, I did. I had to come in three different women and a men's haircut. So I had to show very short, pixie-like, one length, and then layered, and then a men's haircut. So I had to find four models to bring in. And not only was my mentor there, but the salon owner was mm -hmm. there and went through the whole thing. Not only observed and, you know, looked through the haircut completely, they watched how I interacted with mm -hmm. them. It was actually, I was so scared. I don't know. It was a very nerve wracking. I mean, you're talking your hands on, they're watching you and you're still new. And yeah, that was um, pretty nerve wracking. But seriously, and I didn't even have Xanax back then. Right? I know. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so 
mine was over three days because there were a couple different uh, processes that were so long that they needed three days. So because I'm a, a colorist, I basically did everything chemical. So at that in that apprenticeship, it was um, a hair texture specialist as well, meaning um, like restructuring. So perms, straighteners, relaxers. Um, and the big thing at that time was the Japanese straighteners, which mm. are permanent. Um, those were a lot of fun, but they take about seven, eight hours to do. So that was like a one day thing. And then the other two days were other parts. And so and just like you, I had all these different um, requirements of like, do this process on this type of hair and this and that. Also, <laughs> there was another girl who was doing, as a colorist, another young lady was trying to do her final exam. So they put us like together, partly because, um, like, and like you said, Demetra, there were several senior colorists who were watching our work and looking at the final result. So they thought, well, let's just do both these girls together. So that's pretty unusual. And... Um, because we had to have our own models, you know, you, and this is before the internet people. So you had to like go out on the street and find people and hand out cards and strike up a conversation, that sort of thing. And, um, <laughs> Demetri, you're going to love this story. My friend, um, so her, her relaxer model just didn't show up. And so they basically said to her, you need to go out and find one like right now somebody that to do a relaxer on and they're like you have half an hour go find somebody no way she, that. she was beside herself i was like sick about it and it wasn't even my deal so she did find somebody and brought this no woman way. i'm dead serious brought her in and then she should be a salesperson <laughs> i'm sorry like <laughs> she sealed a deal on a relaxer in 30 minutes on a stranger yes. that's pretty i mean that's pretty awesome Yes. And then um, this woman comes in and she's like, has no idea what the heck's going on. She's just kind of like was out and about walking around on the street, going somewhere. And this <laughs> young lady's awesome. like, can I please relax your hair? So she comes in, sits down and she's kind of like looking around because behind her is like the owner and like, you know, three senior colorists just watching. So my friend is like trying to do the consultation while everyone's staring at her. <laughs> she says, so when is the last time you relaxed your hair? And the lady had this like, it was all slicked back and then like a, a ponytail. And she said, well, I, I normally do it myself. And she took off the ponytail, all of her hair, she took off and put on the counter. So there Wait. wasn't any, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there wasn't any hair to relax. <laughs> Wait, but then she agreed to. <laughs> she had no why. That's just like so funny to me. Well, it was like um, maybe an inch and a half, two inches of hair. Um, but you know, kind of like broken off, like what we call a chemical haircut. Ooh. And uh, because she'd been doing it at home, and the the whole point of it was it was supposed to be a relaxer touch up to show mm. that you know how to over not overlap, and. Um, and blend the relaxer with what it had been. So it was not an appropriate model to have for the final. Aww. Such a bummer for her. Yeah. So I mean did I mean so what ended up happening with that because like 
she only had a half hour to find someone and because she couldn't do this person what happened she didn't pass <gasps> i know no I know. come on because someone didn't show up i mean that's yeah. really messed up actually it is it is there might have been one other pass. thing about it that they didn't like i don't know mm. but i mean she was she was so stressed oh i'm stressed hearing about the story i'm starting to sweat a like, little bit just talking I, about him <laughs> Okay. Wow. But we were, Demetra and I were talking about this the other day, people, and um, we were coming up with some good points, though, that when they they make you kind of go out and find your clients, in a way, that's to prepare you for working in a salon where you do need to go drum up business and not be too shy or introverted. Right. You can't rely on the salon solely to get you clients, you know? Yeah. They want people who are going to go and find it. Yeah. And bring it in. And the hazing part of it really thickens up your skin so that you can deal with just about any kind of person. Yeah. I mean, it is bad as it seemed at the time um, and, you know, going home crying every day thinking it was horrible. It really did prepare me for some clients. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say I'm pretty lucky though. I, I I have very good, nice clients, but yeah, not everybody is easy, you know, trying to make people happy and trying to be talented and trying to listen. You know, you're working lots of wonders there. Yes. Yes. Okay, side note, I just wanted to mention to you, Demetra, I have met so many different types of people from doing their hair. And I like to kind of like put them in little career categories. And it's mm. interesting what like types of people do what careers. Anyway, anybody that says they're a life coach, nine times out of 10, they're batshit crazy. <gasps> I love it. Okay. You have to elaborate. I need have to Have you met any? Life coach? Yeah, about two or three. Not many, actually. I, I mean, I have a lot of clients that are therapists, counselors psychiatrists, but life coaches, maybe two or three over my whole career. Not too many. Yes. Well, this one's kind of near and dear to my heart because I have a bachelor's in psychology, which does nothing. It's a really <laughs> nice, really <laughs> nice piece of paper. Okay. But, you know, I'm also not pretending to, you know, know a lot better than other people. It really helps me to understand that I'm messed up. That's what it did. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. anyway, so I have come across, for example, okay, one person in particular, um, she didn't brush her hair, like, ever. Like, what do you mean? Never. Um, like, she had, like, shoulder-length hair, and it was, like... Dreadlocks? Wavy. Not quite dreadlocks, but, like, she just on purpose never brushed it. So it was very difficult to, like brush it and color it and um her she wore um makeup she's a pretty pretty person pretty lady and her eyeliner was always like at least a quarter to a half an inch above her lash line <laughs> <laughs> and she's telling people how to live their damn lives <laughs> oh my gosh um. Mm. 
Well, you know, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but like the life coaches that I met, the similarities where they were all very yogi, I noticed. Very, mm-hmm. I want to burn some sage yoga, but I'm also a psychic, mm. right? So, um, and nothing bad about that because I burn sage all the time. And, but they all have that similar, like, aura about them. Very, yes. I don't know, hippie, free-spirited, kind of. Yes. Yeah. So. And just to backtrack a little bit, they're always, mm-hmm. like, really kind-hearted people. Like, very they really ki- want to help people. Yes, very kind. Very kind. Just yeah. often, their advice is stuff you probably shouldn't take. Oh, that's I'm a good one. one. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. It's all right. I don't know. I guess I like to push the limits and kind of see where to take things. I guess living on the edge. So, how blunt are you with your clients, Demetra? Like, if you if they're telling you dating stories, and you're thinking that person is horrible for you, do you tell them or do you just kind of like let it go? Oh no, I tell them. Okay. I I probably think that's why I don't have a lot of friends as well (laughs) because well I mean I am very honest almost to a fault where people think I'm being too harsh or too and I really do try I don't ever sugarcoat anything um I try to find the right words to be kind of kind about it um but no one wants the fucking truth I'm sorry at the end of the day, no matter what, nobody really wants the truth. You know, that's what I think. And I say the truth all the time. And, it gets and then people get mad at me. You know, I'm like, yeah, I just can't. I can't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Good career because I just talk all the time. And when people get sick of me, that's OK, because it's like the next client's coming in anyways, 30 minutes later. So just keep it going. You know, <laughs> works for everybody. It does. Now, are you honest with your clients or? I am, but sometimes I will second guess what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know if I'm being too judgmental because of my perspective. Like your experiences? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? I like to, when I am speaking or if they ask my opinion, I will say, hey, look, this is my opinion because X, Y, and Z, and I do kind of kind of devil's advocate a little bit too now how about are you 100 percent honest if like someone wants something with their hair are you 100 percent honest like if someone just has like super super let's say coarse hair and they want a ton of highlights and the hair is just as dark as me and you know adding those highlights is going to give them like let's say more frizz or dry it out would you be honest with them or do you just give them what they want I would be honest with them if they ask me like four times though then I will try to meet them halfway (laughs) (laughs) that's actually pretty good right because four times means they're not listening anyways and give me what the fuck I want right okay so yeah I um I'm very honest and I try to tell people but sometimes people I think they get a little butt hurt too when you try to explain to them like hey look like you don't have a lot of hair, so this is not going to look the same. And yeah. even if you say, it doesn't matter how nice you say it, like your hair is either really fine texture 
or you don't have a lot of it or your hair is way too thick. You're going to look like a bozo. You know what I mean? Like finding the right words. Not that I've ever called anyone a bozo, but I'm just, you know. Yeah. I'm being very well, offensive different... right now. No, no. There's And there's different ways to say it. Well, it's it's a fine line. So, it, you know, if you say it as gently as you can and they don't like it, you know, they, they're paying for your expertise and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. But here's an example. I've had different clients tell me about talking to hair cutters and sometimes they'll say like, oh, you should, um, it would be really flattering if you have it, like if you want it short to do like, um, you know, down to your shoulder or grazing the shoulder or something like that. And if they want it up by their chin, you could just say it's more flattering if you have it longer versus like, bitch, you have a double chin. Right. You know, or like wow. you need bangs. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Flattering. Very flat. You know what? Yes. 25 years. I just learned something. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> see, this is great. I love well, it. And some people are like, you can't have bangs uh, or you can't grow out your bangs because of all the wrinkles on your forehead. But, you know, you got to yeah, well, I like to call those bang talks. We call those bang talks. Instead of getting oh. Botox, they're bangs, you know, oh. kind of. There's ways to fake it. Like, I'm so thin now. I used to wear bangs all the time, like a very heavy, heavy bang. And as I got older, I really thinned out a lot. Like, look, at if I even brought this hair forward, you can see, right? Like, it just gets really, really thin. And, I mean, that's already, like, an inch and a quarter back, right? So even if I even did a little more, if I really try to make these into bangs, they would be so wispy, you know? Yeah. But and trying to, like, explain that to people, like, hey, you don't have enough hair in the front anymore. You're going bald. You know, it's a fine line. Yeah. Of explaining why they can't have bangs. Yes. Yeah, that's why, like, hair pieces might be good. I, I do have a bang hair piece. I'm going to wear it one day on the show so oh, people good. can see. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Excellent. It's like a little clip-in. And... Yeah. Okay. Well, we are just about running out of time here. Yeah, so join us next week, and we're going to follow up on our apprenticeship and funny stories, so you don't want to miss out on that. And in the meantime, you could go ahead and follow us at Just Hear Me Out Podcast, and check us out on our Instagram, TikTok, and our YouTube channel, and leave any messages if you want any follow-ups on pointers or tips that you would like me, Barbara, to answer, or any stories you want to talk about. That would be fun. Email us at justhearmeoutpodcast at gmail.com. Bye, guys. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe or follow. And please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Lastly, follow us on social media for clips of past and future episodes. All our accounts are listed in the show notes below. Thanks so much for listening. 